Praise God. Get your Bibles open, if you would, to 2 Kings. And I want to motivate you and encourage you tonight, as we're here in our last service of the year, to realize that we're building something. Amen. I, I love how I always say the Holy Spirit works in the service. Dad mentioned that several times, building. And uh, again, we don't talk about what I'm going to preach about or anything, but that, 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 uh, that word building is so important. We're leaving a year, going into a new one, so we know we leave a lot of things behind, right? We, we Hopefully, we're going to leave behind failures, and we're going to leave behind mistakes, and we're going to leave behind a lot of different things. But there's one thing that we're not leaving behind on accident. We're leaving behind a legacy. Every year is a building block. Not only for what we're leaving to our kids or our grandkids, but we're, we're building something for eternity. How many have really come to realize that we're working for something that's eternal? And, and even if we have a, a year that doesn't seem as blessed or as good as we wanted it to be or, or anything like that, we realize that in small ways and in big ways, we're building stuff that's going to last, that's going to be passed down, and that's going to last into eternity. And so if there's things that we've done that we're not proud of or we didn't like or things we need to change, then obviously as we go into 2016, those things we want to we fix. But there's a lot of things that we're doing to build something that's going to be left behind. And uh, I, I never say this in any way ever to sound morbid, we, but we realize that, that every day we live is a gift. And we just cannot say that enough. We don't, you know, just last week when those, when those storms happened, I mean, those people were just driving down the freeway, and all of a sudden they were gone. They were torn off of the freeway in that tornado, and uh, their life was ended just like that. And um, we just got to realize, we just don't know what tomorrow holds. It's not to live in fear, but it's to realize, what am I doing? What have I done that's going to make a difference on somebody? If, if I was gone tomorrow, have I left something behind to touch somebody else's life? And it doesn't matter if you have or haven't a lot or a little, you need to think about that because now we have a humongous gift coming at us even after Christmas, which is another year to try to make a difference on this earth. Amen? So if you're taking notes, you can write down this or whatever you want similar about what kind of legacy am I building going into 2016. Now I'm going to look at 2 Kings chapter 17. Give me an amen if you're there. And uh, verse 33. 2 Kings chapter 17 and verse 33. They feared the Lord. That's a good thing. Yet they served their own gods. According to the rituals of the nations from among whom they were carried away. And to this day they continue practicing the former rituals. They don't fear the Lord, nor do they follow their statutes or their ordinances or the law and commandment which the Lord had commanded the children of Jacob, whom he named Israel, with whom the Lord had made a covenant and charged them, saying, You shall not fear other gods, nor bow down to them, nor serve them, nor sacrifice to them, but the Lord who brought you up from the land of Egypt with great power and an outstretched arm, him shall you fear, him shall you worship, and to him shall you offer sacrifice. And the statutes and the ordinances, the law, and the commandments, commandments which we wrote for you, 
You shall be careful to observe forever. You shall not fear other gods. And the covenant I have made with you, you shall not forget, nor shall you fear with, sorry, fear other gods. But the Lord your God you shall fear. And he will deliver you from the hand of all your enemies. How many believe that tonight? However, they did not obey, but they followed their former rituals. We mentioned that the other day. If you keep doing the same thing over and over again, you're going to get the same result. So these nations feared the Lord, yet they served carved images and their children. This is what I really want you to see tonight in these verses. And their children and their children's children have continued as their fathers did even to this day. Now, this is not a Father's Day message, but think about that. And their children's children have continued to do as their fathers did even to this day. How many know that so much of what we do, so much of what we say, so much of who we are has so much to do with what we saw growing up? I mean, when you get around the time of Christmas and New Year's and celebrations, those, those the memories come back, traditions come back, things you remember as a kid come back, things come around and, you, and they can be good or bad. That's really not, what, really not important tonight on what I'm trying to get at, but you remember things and your parents taught you things and your parents showed you things and you, you grew up following uh, the, the way that your parents did things in a lot of ways, and I think sometimes more than we realize. We are more a product of our parents than we think we are, and obviously we have to sit back if we've had any kind of negativity in our families and say, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be that anymore, and if this is a good thing, I'm going to continue to be that. But you see here in the Bible that people are watching. I saw a post uh, on, online one day that shouldn't you probably seen it shows the big humongous lion real big bold strong lion and and there's a little tiny cub next to him and he says I've wanted to quit many times till I look down and realize who's watching me amen we need to realize that most of us in here tonight are adults or or teenagers and we have people watching us we have people watching our lives paying attention to what we do and I really just want to challenge you tonight to just never forget that everything we say, everything we do, how we act, and everything we do for the Lord is building something. And uh, we saw there, you know, there was a fear of the Lord, and that's a great, the Bible says, the beginning of knowledge, but what good does it do to follow it up with following other gods? So we need to fear the Lord, but we need to observe God's word. And so I want to talk to you tonight about how, how kind of legacy you're building and Proverbs 13, 22 is a great verse that you can write down. You don't have to look at it for time, but it says, A good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. Now, I know a lot of people would take that verse, and there's always more than one truth to a verse, and many people would think about money. And obviously that's great. If, you, if you're able to leave an inheritance of any kind of substantial financial houses, cars, that's wonderful. No kid is ever going to turn that down. But I believe it's way greater than finances is the spiritual inheritance that, that we can leave behind. And, I, I, you know, if, how many people today in the world, we could name names, we could name famous people. How many people in the world today have famous parents? And we see it on TV, actually, how many they've left their, I could name names, you know, I don't have to, you know them. Uh, they've left their kids all kinds of money and all they've done is act a fool with it. I mean, they've just been ridiculous and more money than they could ever, ever, ever 
even spin, and all they do is do stupid stuff with it. Sorry to say that word, but it's true. They just do crazy stuff with it. And the parents might have spent a little bit more time teaching their kids some morals and some things that would last than just handing them down a whole bunch of money. Amen? And so I want to talk about that just for a moment. I want to read a story, and I think I might have a couple stories tonight that some may have heard, but they're good anyways. I read the story this, uh, about the Smith family. Now, it's a real common name, right? Smith is like a Jones uh, in, 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 in the United States whose ancestors had come to America on the Mayflower. Has anybody ever been uh, interested in finding out about your family heritage? And your, now they've got, even got some site. I forgot what it's called, ancestors.com, where you can go and you can find out who, you know, who your ancestors were and, and all that. And, you know, that could be a scary thing too, right? You go to find out maybe you didn't come from who, who you thought you were coming from. Or uh, Now I heard something the other day about DNA. Anybody else hear that? I think they're actually now offering that. You can get your DNA taken and you can even prove some things and find out really, really where you came from and stuff. And so this one family uh, came on the Mayflower, so they went way back, and they wanted to leave a historical, historical legacy for their children. So they hired a researcher to write a book about their family history. Now I remember when my grandfather, before he passed away, my papa, my dad's dad, he had written a book. We have a book and he spent a lot of time on it. And you know when you're younger, you don't really... Those things just don't mean anything to you. And then you get older, and then they pass away, and all of a sudden it's like, man, I'm so glad he did that. And it meant something to him. It doesn't mean anything to you when you're younger. But then once they're gone, you realize, man, that's a cool gift. That's a cool thing that I could go back and look at and see who is my family, who do I belong to, who did I come from. And uh, so this, this uh, family was making this history, but they, they found out in the, in the search that their great uncle Clarence had been executed in an electric chair for murder. So that's the stuff you don't want to find out, right, in your family tree. So proud of the family heritage, they didn't want to embarrass uh, the family or even Uncle Clarence, but they didn't want to leave Clarence out. So they voiced their concerns to the author, and he said, don't worry, I can handle this tactfully. So he wrote in the book, and when the book came out, the family got it began to read, and this is how it read on Great Uncle Clarence. Great Uncle Clarence occupied a chair of applied electronics at an important government institution. He was attached to his position by the strongest of tithes, ties, and his death came as a great shock. <laughs> Amen. So... We don't want to live a life where when they're at our funeral, they have to change the sentence around, right? So it sounds good. I believe firmly tonight in leaving a legacy. Now, sometimes when we say that, leave a legacy, it sounds like so ritzy or so, but man, it means something. It means something because we've talked about this before, about how important our names are. You know, we, we just had that, that kid in that video mentioned the name of Jesus, and in every chapter of the book, he mentioned who Jesus was. And we should just be so concerned tonight about what is attached to our name. We should be so thoughtful about that, not only what people say about us, but what we've done. So Proverbs 22, that leads me into that verse. Verse 1 says, a good name, you've heard me say this many times before, is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver and gold. So Ask yourself tonight, 
from 2015, from 2014, from 2013, what kind of legacy am I building? Okay, now the great news is many of you have gotten saved in the last few years and you're saying tonight, thank God I got saved because now I'm building something that matters. How many know before we met Jesus, the legacy we were building meant absolutely nothing? I mean, even if you're a great parent, a great person, you were leaving something behind that was not going to be eternal. Now we can add in things we can leave to our kids, things we can leave to our grandkids, but we can also add in the most important thing, which is a spiritual legacy, that I knew Jesus. I want people to talk about me when I'm gone and just say, he knew Jesus. How many want people to say that about you? If they don't say anything else, that, that's the greatest compliment you could get from somebody is they knew Jesus. They were saved. There was no concern. We talked about that a lot of times. There's nothing worse than, than being at a funeral and not being sure that that person is saved. I don't want any doubt to be there for me. Legacy means this, anything handed down from an ancestor. So, so you know tonight there can be some things in your legacy that you might need to get rid of. Okay, that's one of the first things you begin to do as, you, as a new believer is you begin to go into your house physically and spiritually and you begin to get rid of some things that don't need to be there. And the Holy Spirit reveals those things. So as we're going into a new year, you can begin to look back and say, God, as I'm finishing up this year, what do you not want me to bring into 2016? I mean, no, that's a good thing to do. What should I not bring in? I know there's a lot of things I need to bring in and a lot of habits I need to start, but what are some things I need to leave back there and not pick them up again? Each one of us individually have to work on that. Matthew 7, 24, if you look at that tonight. And as you're getting there, I want to remind you, you're building a legacy whether you want to or not. Okay, this isn't something you choose to or not to. You're building one. You just have to be conscious about it and realize that you are building a legacy. You are building something that's going to be left behind. And your choice is, it's kind of like eternity. We talk about that a lot. You don't get a choice if you're going to live forever. You just get a choice where you're going to live. Right? How many are clear on that tonight? We don't get to choose. God, I don't want to live forever. I just want the lights to go out. God didn't ask. He just said, I'll let you choose where you spend eternity, but you don't get to choose if you get to spend eternity. So same thing with a legacy. He says, I'm not letting you choose if you're going to leave a legacy. I'm just letting you choose what kind of legacy you want to leave behind. Do you want to be remembered for good things? Do you want to be remembered for bad? Do you want to leave something behind to your kids that they're going to follow and, and talk? I just, want, I just want my kids to talk good about me. Amen? I don't, I don't want them to have to, like, you know, search. How many don't want your kids to have to search for find good things to talk about you, amen? How many don't want your brothers and sisters, your family, your friends, church members to have to search to try to fit? Man, um, let me get back to you on that. Let me think about it for a little bit. What would you like about so-and-so? I'll tell you next week. Give me a few days. I hope that that never happens to us, amen? Matthew 7, 24 says, everyone hears, this is Jesus, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. Before I read on, I want to remind you, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands. Many of you were raised in church. Many of you have been in church a lot. You've been, in, you've been around church. And sometimes we can read these verses, and if you're not careful, it, you revert back to your childhood, and you revert back to some Sunday school lesson, and that's great, but you, you stay there. 
The wise man built his house upon the rock. Some of you remember that song, right? And, and the whole thing, and then the walls came tumbling down and all that. That You go back to the song, and that's great that Sunday school taught you that. The problem is you don't realize you're really building a house, not a song. There's real, real stuff that they're talking about. And so we have to be careful not to, not to stay in that infancy of our thoughts and understand this is real stuff. Jesus says, when you hear the words that I speak, and you do something with it, you're building something. Okay? So we hear the words. You have no choice. You're hearing words tonight. You're here, and you can tune me out all you want, but you're still going to be held accountable for what you hear. Okay? So you're hearing words right now, and Jesus is saying, what are you going to do with the words you're hearing? We're not going to be able to stand there before God and ever say, man, that night, you know, D- December 30th, I was occupied. My mind was somewhere else. He's going to say, you were there. You heard. What'd you do with it? That's one of the things we realize as believers is that the more we come to church, we want that. God wants that. The more accountable we, we become to God for the things we know. Amen? To whom much is uh, given, much is required. Then we continue. Verse 25. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, but it didn't fall. Why? Why didn't the walls fall? Because its foundation was on the rock. How many want your faith to be on the foundation that is the rock tonight? That is Jesus Christ. Amen. A foundation that does not move. And the longer you stay in love with Jesus and the longer you stay in God's house and in his will, you're going to see that the less you get shook. Doesn't mean the problems aren't going to come. Doesn't mean that the, 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 you know, when you look at those houses, church, that were taken away, the house is gone, but the foundation's still sitting there. There's a cement foundation. I mean, it, I, I saw some, usually I saw some pictures. I saw pictures. Some old high school friend that I honestly haven't talked to since I, I don't, I didn't even know just recently he lives here. Um, I'm from Arizona. I'm not from Texas. And so I have a, 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 a a classmate, I think it was a year or two ahead of me, he was a football player, who I just realized lives, lives over there in Rowlett. And, uh, I, I, you know, like I said, I haven't really touched base with him or anything, and, but we're, we're friends on Facebook. And so I saw his pictures, and his neighborhood got hit. And literally, the house next door was gone, and his wasn't. She so was showing pictures there, and uh, he was thanking God that nothing happened. But I saw some pictures there, two-story houses, the second story was gone. Some other houses was just a foundation. And so we can look at those things spiritually and realize, what does my house look like when a storm comes? Amen? It might, I might get the house itself torn off, but is my foundation gone too? It's really bad if you look there and the foundation's ripped out. But that foundation always stays there. And he, he doesn't say here, think about this. He says, it beat against the house, yet it did not fall. Didn't say it didn't get damaged. It didn't say it didn't suffer some loss. It said it did not fall because its foundation was on the rock. So we get tested sometimes, and we need to be able to look back on 2015 and say, hey, how did I do, Father? Show me. You know, how did I do when those storms came? Am I, how's my foundation doing? Because he says, but everyone, verse 26, who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the, and beat against the house, and what? It fell, 
with a great crash. Let me make a statement. Nothing ever gets built in one day. Amen? It takes time. Nothing gets built in one day, but things can be destroyed in one day. Does that ever, does that ever shock you and blow you away when you look at life and you look at how long it takes to build up something that's good and how easily and quickly it can be torn down? I mean, just, look, just looking all the way back so many years ago to when those towers came down. I mean, how many years did it take them to build those twin towers and in one day those towers came down? We've talked about this a thousand times about how we go into a new year and we make resolutions and we say, I'm going to eat better and I'm going to do this better and I'm going to pray more and all the things we do. And there's, those are all great. But we realize, man, it takes a long time to build a prayer life. It takes a long time to get a discipline to read the word. It takes a long time to, to go to church consistently. It takes a long time to build up an attitude that I'm going to give my money to God. It takes a long time to get to a place where I'm going to go on outreach. And all these things we do in our lives, how many know it takes a long time? You don't just become all this super good outreacher in one day. Show up on outreach and, man, you're an outreacher. You're just a stud muffin outreacher. You just win everybody to loss, right? That does not happen. You have to come over and over again. You don't just all of a sudden tithe one day and be like, you know, just super blessed the next day. You don't just get down to pray and get up and it's an hour later. I mean, none of that happens. But how many know that you just miss a few days of prayer? You just miss a few services? You just miss a few days of reading the word? All that time you spent building up is crashing down real fast. And that's why we talk so much about the consistency, consistency of continuing to do the right thing over and over again. Next time you feel monotonous or, or bored of coming to church or going to the prayer room or giving your tithes or reading the Bible, just remind yourself, every time I do these things, I'm building a foundation. Okay, remind yourself of that. Even when it's, there's no goosebumps, even when you're bored, even when you're thinking, God, is this doing anything? It is doing something. It takes time to build something up, but it can be destroyed in one day. So we got to work daily to build blocks. Okay, it's like, it's like bricks. You know, a lot of houses here in Texas are built with bricks. And you're putting that brick, you're putting the mortar, you're putting the brick. You're putting the mortar, you're putting the brick. You see a bad brick, throw the bad brick out. Just the one bad brick. Don't throw the whole wall out. Throw the one bad brick out. Don't put that brick on the foundation. Okay? If you're building something, I don't know how many of you have ever built something. And there's a great reward to, build some, to building something. There's also a lot of pain to building stuff. And, but when you're building, you can get in a hurry doesn't matter if it's a sheetrock wall or, or if it's a brick wall or it doesn't matter what it, what it is. You can get in a hurry because you're tired of doing that same thing. You're thinking, man, i got to do 10 feet of wall. I'm on the first wall. And you can get busy and in a hurry. And you can grab a brick and you can be like, ah, I'm just going to throw it on there. Think about the brick you're throwing on there. Because later on, that brick you put there might cause your whole wall to fall down because you shouldn't have put it there in the first place. So take your time and build cautiously and build in a way that's going to last. So you say amen. amen. We must work daily. Throw the bad bricks out. Now listen to this. People are watching me. People are watching you every day. Every day. Especially 
if you claim to be a believer, if you say, I am a born-again Christian, if you say, I love Jesus, they are watching you. They're waiting for you to make a mistake. They're waiting for you to post something or say something or do something so they can say, see, there's another hypocrite. That's what they're waiting for. They're looking for it. They're watching for it. They're hoping for it. And listen, especially if you have kids, your kids are watching everything you do. That's a scary thought. They're watching when we argue. They're watching when we get angry. They're watching how we react to things. They are watching everything you do. We've got to be conscious of that. A good man leaves an, or a good woman leaves an inheritance for their children's children. Now go to the book of Matthew, if you would. We were in Matthew. Go back to the book of chapter, or sorry, chapter 6. There they are. I had some other papers here and I was about to get scared. Matthew chapter 6. Right before I read this, I want to read something from Albert Einstein. He said, A hundred times every day, I remind myself that my inner and outer life depend on the labors of other men, living and dead, and I must exert myself in order to give, listen, to give in the same measure as I have received and am still receiving. Do you connect the dots to realize that you got saved because somebody was an example of Jesus for you? Do you realize that? That you would not have gotten saved. You would not have put your faith in Jesus Christ if somebody had not. You didn't get, you didn't, I mean, it's very rare that people get saved uh, in, in, a, in a, it happens, we have some in this church, but it, like you just have an appearance of God or, or, you know, you have a vision. Usually you get saved because God used somebody. And you have to realize if that person was not being conscious of the example they were giving, you would not have got saved. Think about that. And so we have to be very careful to pay that forward. We have to be very careful to say, God, somebody was a wonderful example for me Help me be that wonderful example for somebody else. Because I, I want people to come to Christ for, because of me, not leave him or deny him because of me. Amen? Just as much as you can influence someone to follow Christ, you can influence someone to turn away or to say, nope, ah, that's not what I want. I don't want to be that. You don't want to be that. We've got to really think about that, that I'm still giving from what I'm receiving. Amen? We have to realize that. Matthew 6, 19 says, Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Amen? This is not, again, this is not... These things can be used for money, but that's not what he's trying to say. He's saying, do something that's eternal. Do something that's going to make a difference. You need to look back on your life this, this year, and you need to say, God, did, did I lead anybody to the Lord? Did I say the sinner's prayer with people? Did I impact people? And if you don't feel like you've done that well, you need to say, God, I'm going to make it a, an effort this year to be a soul winner. You know, Proverbs says, he who wins souls is what? 
wise. One of the wisest things you can do is tell other people about Jesus. Okay? Why? Because it's not for a pat on the back. Why? Because it's not for a hundred grand bonus in the bank account. It's for something eternal. It's forever and ever. You're going to be rewarded for that. And we want to know and understand that I'm working for something eternal. So he says, don't, don't, don't put your eyes on just financial things. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but many of you in here tonight don't have a financial inheritance coming from your parents or grandparents. Okay? If, if they passed away, you would not receive a bunch of money. And you've got to ask yourself, what would I receive? Would I receive something spiritual? I mean, some people are bankrupt every corner and every, at every corner. Some people aren't going to get any money, and they ain't going to get nothing spiritual, and they're not going to get, I mean, it's just bad all around. But you can leave something different. You can break those curses. You can begin to say, you know what? What I did not get from my parents, I'm going to give to my kids. What I did not receive from my grandparents, I'm going to give to my grandkids. I can start a spiritual legacy. Heard me say that a million times about my parents. My parents have left me. They're still here, thank God. But if they left today, they've left me a spiritual legacy. My grandparents left a spiritual legacy. When I think about my parents and my grandparents, I think about God. That's a wonderful blessing. And I want to be that for my kids. I want to be that for my grandkids. And you know what the problem is sometimes, too? We think, oh, grandkids, that's way down the road. Listen, it comes faster than you think. Amen. Your kids grow up fast, Wayne and Meyer. They're going to be big fast. You think they're all their little kids. All of a sudden, they're 20. Right? They grow up fast. And so we think, ah, oh, we just keep putting stuff off. You know, we didn't think we'd be in 2016 either, did we? Here we are, two days away. I mean, some of us didn't think we'd live past 2,000. Some of us didn't think we'd live past 25. Here we are. You know, the old saying, you know, if I'd have known I was going to live this long, I'd taken better care of myself. Amen. Right? Some people say that. If I knew I was going to be around this long, I'd taken better care of this body I live in. we got to think ahead and beyond even this life to eternity. Amen? You can leave billions of dollars in character, in love, in compassion, in forgiveness, in kindness, in honesty, in humility, and etc., etc., etc. How many know those words right there are worth, are priceless? Amen? That someone would say they're kind, they're compassionate, they're forgiving, they're honest, they're humble. Those are the things that we want to be able to leave behind. Amen? Think about this. Far too many inheritances are short-lived. I kind of started off with that tonight. You know, you got people who win the lottery. You got people every day that go and spend money at, at, at the gas station or wherever you get those things, and they play the lottery hoping that today's the day I'm going to become rich, right? And we know that most of those people, uh, when they win, which very few people win, they don't last two years with the money they get. That's a statistic. I mean, it's a fact. Those people get that money because why? Because it didn't cost them anything. When something doesn't cost you anything, you just blow it. And you go and you spend all that money and it's gone and you have nothing to show for it. And so God's wanting us to build something up, okay? He's wanting us to realize that, you know, some parents 
Some people are better at making money and teaching their children how to steward their wealth wisely. You know, there's a lot of people that we've heard about uh, that are, have a lot of money that did not just hand that money down to their kids. They made them earn it, or some of them just gave it away and said, kids, got it, you're on your own. That's a, that's a lesson, okay? Those people are going to be better for it. It's hard to, hard to imagine, but they're going to be better for it. I heard, I heard Socrates, listen to this, Socrates was a very wise man. He said, I could climb to the highest place, if I could climb to the highest place in Athens, I would lift my voice and say, fellow citizens, why do you turn, listen to this, why do you turn and scrape every stone to gather wealth and take so little care of your children to whom one day you will relinquish it all? about that think about the the latchkey kids today you hear that statement a lot you know you got kids who come home in the afternoon and the parents are working if they would spend a little less time working and a little more time being with their kids then they would have kids that would be good to receive the money they're working for think about that it's like that that rope i talked about the little tiny life we live i mean these people money 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 make 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 provide 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 and those kids, listen, those kids don't want that. They want their parents. They want a relationship with their kids. They want to be around them. They want to learn from them. So he's, that's Socrates. He says, why don't you spend some time working on the kids who are going to relinquish it all? Leaving a spiritual legacy is similar. We focus on the benefits for the generations coming after us more than on ourselves. Amen? You know, I, I, I can say something from experience. I'm way down on the, on the totem pole, but I was a missionary. So I spent 10 years of my life on the mission field. That is something no one can ever take away from me. It doesn't, it doesn't matter uh, whatever I do. for the, It doesn't mean I'm sitting down and saying, I did that, and I'm not going to do more. But what I did for 10 years from my life on the mission field is something that is done. And it's accomplished something. And I'll never know till I get to heaven what that accomplished. But I know that I did something that's going to make a difference. And now I have to sit back and say, God, now I have to wait until I get to heaven to really find out what I did. Isn't that interesting? I mean, I can see bits and pieces, and I've mentioned to you, you know, how the kids' ministry is still going on. I just posted something the other day with the gifts they gave away. I know there's churches down there. But to truly see the real impact that God did through my life I'm going to have to wait to get to heaven. And that's what we've got to realize. What we're building is something that is for later. And that's hard for us to do. Every one of us, that's hard for us to do because we're not patient. We want to see results now. We live in the microwave generation. We live in the stand there and count the seconds down. How many of you open the door before it gets to one? I do. I open it at one or two every time. I can't wait. It's like... Might put my coffee in for 30 seconds. I can't wait. That two seconds kills me. That's how we are as people. We want to wait, and we need to wait and see what we've done. But, man, let's do something to be seen. Let's do something that's going to be there when we get to heaven. Amen? Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and I'll begin to close. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. This is a good ending of the year message. Amen? To go in conscious to the new year, what am I leaving behind? What have I left behind? What am I building? What am I standing on? Am I standing on something strong? This is a reminder to you that we are building something, every single one of us. Whether you're trying to or not, you're building. 
Give me an amen when you get there. First Corinthians chapter 3. Verse 10. Actually, let's go to 9. Look how interesting this is. He says, we are God's fellow workers. And that alone ought to just get you excited to be on God's team. You are God's field, and you are God's building. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder. That's what we all should want to be, a wise master builder. I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation, you don't say, oh, you've read this verse before. Please read this verse and pay attention. This is important. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, or wood, hay, and straw, each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. Amen? So everything we do, church, is going to be tested. You're either, every day, the thing you say, the thing you do, the thing I say, the thing I do, is either gold, silver, precious stones, or wood, hay, and stubble. Everything. Say everything with me. Everything. everything. This is not a salvation thing. This is not whether we go into heaven or not. This is not a salvation verse. This is a works verse. We don't do works to be saved. We do works for heaven. We do works to be rewarded. And the Bible says everything we do will be tested by fire. And how many know we do things sometimes we want to pull it back? But once it's done, it's done. And it's just, just okay, that's going into the fire. That's, I know where that's coming out. I know how that's going ha to happen. That's coming out as dust and ash, right? But I want to do something that's going to be gold, silver, and precious stones. God, help me. We need God's help for that. Because if we, if we stay carnal, it's going to be a big ash pile. <laughs> Amen? We're not going to have nothing to go through the fire. We've got to get in the spirit and say, God, please help me. Please help me do this right. Please help me have, I mean, how many of you are just like me? I just want to, I just say, God, please let me have something up there that goes through. Please. Even if it's that 25 cent ring, please, God, from the, from the little thing, please give me something. I don't want to be empty handed. Amen. We should have that attitude because why? Because God gave us everything, everything, achievement, success, significance, leaving a legacy behind. Those are things that we should want we should want to be able to leave behind. One more verse as I truly close. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. This is the last one to read. This goes hand in hand. And these are two, two chapters and verses we should really keep in front of us. We should really remind ourselves of these things, that we're building a foundation. And we all have to stay conscious of this. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 6. there so we are always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body we are absent from the Lord that's, where, that's our state there's nobody here tonight that's not there we're all there we're home and we're absent from the Lord Okay, we're home in the body and we're absent from the Lord 
He says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be what? Well-pleasing. Well-pleasing to him. For we must, and this goes back to the chapter we just read, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Amen? So, what if I have done tonight as the, as the musicians begin to come? What if I have done nothing to leave a spiritual legacy? What if you're here, and as I'm saying this, you're, you're, you're saying, oh boy, I am bankrupt tonight. And hopefully, maybe there's not anybody here that's like that, but maybe you're saying, I'm in trouble. I got nothing. I haven't done nothing. I haven't given nothing. I haven't served. What, what, am, I, what am I doing, Lord? If you're in that place... Let me know the gospel is called good news. Does anybody know anybody named Abraham? Abraham was an old man. Abraham was well in his years when he really began to start to leave a legacy. Way old. Really, really old. When he really started to do something that was going to last. So if you say, I'm too old, that's no excuse. Or I've been doing this too long, that's no excuse. You say here tonight, hey, man, I've, I've messed up too bad. I've sinned too great. I've, I, there's no way God can use me. Read the Bible. There's way too many examples for that one. All throughout the Bible, we see people who messed up bad and God still used them. Okay? So this is a let's go into 2016 pumped up and fired up to say, God, use me for your glory. In 2016. You know why? How we're going to have revival? When everybody does what they're supposed to do. When everybody says, God, if you can use me, use me, please. God, let me make a difference. And, and it starts with those foundations. Praying, reading the word, coming to church, doing what's right. And remembering every time you want to go off in the flesh, that that's going to be judged. That's going to go through the fire as wood, hay, and stubble. Did you read that verse with me? He says, those good or bad will be judged for those things. They will not be things that, will, that God will be like, oh, psych. Got to go. He's not going to do that to us. If we're there, we're there. But we're going to be standing there for a reward. And you don't want to be empty-handed. Amen? What kind of legacy are you leaving tonight? What are, you, what are you doing to leave something behind? As we pray right now, as we end this year, as we, we're in this last service, I hope and pray that you'll just be real sincere with God as we pray. That you'll just honestly look inside and say, God, I really desire to do something tonight that's going to last. I really, really want to make a difference. I really want to build a legacy. I want to be a good father. I want to be a good mother. I want to be a good husband. I want to be a good wife. I want to be a good child. I want to be a good leader. I want to be a good example of Jesus. Lord, we cannot do this on our own. We can't. We're not able. But Father, if you'll help us and we'll surrender to you, there's nothing we cannot do, Father. And Lord, as we in this year, help us do inventory. Help us search our hearts. 
Lord, these are some tangible things that we can really work on. I don't want someone to have to lie about my, my, my life or, or think about what I had to do good. Lord, God, help me to be an example that's followable tonight. And if you're here and you're still being beat down by the devil, realize he's lying to you. Realize that he's the condemner. Realize that he's the father of all lies. And he's the accuser of the brethren. So if you're being accused right now, it's not God. It's the devil. If you're, believe, if you're being lied to, that's the devil. You need to say, devil, you're a liar. You're a liar tonight. I'm not going to listen to you anymore. I know who I am in Jesus Christ. God, help me leave a legacy. God, help me make a difference. When I stand before you, Lord, let everything that I've, been, that I've done in the body be pleasing to you, Father.